0: Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Oh, God indeed moved, hasn't he? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. What a blessed time. Praise God. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I'd like you to turn to Hebrews chapter 3. And the title of this message is Christ of Faithful High Priest. For visitors in the back of here. Bulletin, you have space to take notes of today's message. Christ, our faithful high priest. I want to begin this message by making a simple statement the more we focus on Jesus in our journey, the more we would become faithful. We have to focus on Jesus, looking unto him. He is the author, and the perfecter of our faith. So we have to focus on Christ. Now let's ask the Holy Ghost to, to bless us through God's word. Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for your word. And now, Father, we are asking that you speak to us. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. Speak to us, O Holy Spirit. We know, O Holy Spirit, as you declare in your word that you will speak about Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you told the church to wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit as promised by the Father, as you yourself, Jesus, told us that he would come and that he will be a witness as to who Jesus is. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Now we ask you to, you who breathe the very word of God that we have it, we ask that you speak in our hearts. Give us a fresh understanding, a greater understanding of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, Christ, our faithful High Priest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, And the idea of that therefore is saying, considering everything that was said before, that God is speaking to us today through his son Christ Jesus. All of scripture is to reveal Jesus. Holy brethren, what a blessing. God refers to us through the one whom God used to write this as holy brethren. We are holy because when God looks at us, He sees us holy and without blame. He sees us as sons and daughters of God, washed by the blood of Jesus. Partakers of the heavenly calling. That happened at the moment when we put our faith in Jesus. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price and we are living to glorify Jesus. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession. We have a confession. Mm -hmm. We are living out our confession. Our confession is this. I am a child of God. Our confession is this: For me to live is Christ. Amen. That's our confession. I want you to reflect in this word, consider. You see, in life, our thoughts can be all over the place. God says the idea, the idea of consider is to fix our thoughts on. God says you fix your thoughts on Jesus. This is the only place in the New Testament where Christ is referred to as apostle. That word apostle means one sent. Jesus was sent by God. And thus he is the son of God because he came in all form. And that's the title, son of God. And he did tell us, as the father has sent me, so I'm sending you. So the idea of one sent is that God, Jesus, is now sending us. Each and every one of us. Once we put our faith in Jesus, Christ is sending us. Remember that moment when we put our faith in Jesus, when we heard the gospel message, after we believe, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. He's inside of us. And he's doing this amazing work. He is leading us to grow spiritually. Understand who Jesus is. Yes. Understand what he has done for us. So we have this confession. It's about Jesus Christ. Who was faithful to him. He is faithful to God who appointed him. Yes. God appointed His Son, Jesus Christ, to be Savior of this world. Because the Bible teaches these two fundamental truths from Genesis to Revelation, that God is sovereign and God loves His creation. God loves us. And while we were yet in sin, Christ, while we were yet in sin, God reached down to us. That's the extent of his love. Yes, yes. Oh, if we can embrace the love of God. Yes. Child of God, the more we understand how much God loves us, yes. the more we will be set free from bondages of the enemy. Yes. We have a new identity. Yes. Our identity is now in Christ. Then he will go on and he will speak here about Moses and his house. I'm not going to spend much time on that today. Just to reflect on that as we go along. Because I want our focus as God is leading me to be on Christ, on his, the faithfulness of Jesus, his faithfulness to the Father. But as Moses also was faithful in all his house, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Why? Inasmuch as he who built a house has more honor than the house. You have a house. You might be in that house, but the one who built a house, is the one who has the greater honor. Yeah. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. Scripture says all things were made by Jesus through him for his purpose, and he's sustaining everything. And we, brothers and sisters, listen we are God's house, mm-hmm. we, the church. Christ is building his church and we are his house. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Jesus as the son over his own house. There are two, two perspectives here. One, observe this. That Moses was a servant. That's what Moses was. Moses was a servant. But Christ as a son over his own house. If someone comes in your house and you pay them, you say, can you come and clean my house? they're not going to inherit the house because they clean it. <laughs> it's the son that will receive that house. Yes, yes. And the wonderful news is this. We are sons and daughters of the son who owns the house. Yes. Right. And when we serve him, we're not serving him as, as servants who don't have an inheritance, is not part of the ownership of that house, we are serving Him. We are serving our Lord Jesus. And He owns us, and He owns the house. And that house is His church. The house is His church. And He is building His church. What an what an identity. No wonder we don't get excitement anymore about material, the material house. There's something greater than that house that the the, the physical structure that we are living in. That does not make us who we are at all. Who we eyes that we belong to a house which is a church that is owned by God and our Lord Jesus. And Christ is the Son and we belong to Him. He's the Son of God. What a blessing, saints. Changes everything, doesn't it? Whose house we are if we hold fast to the confidence, the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. And though that it has a sense of... It has a sense of condition involved in this this verse, whose house we are, if we hold fast to the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. It is by no means telling us that in order to sustain our salvation, we have to do something. Our salvation is secured in Christ. But we will lose something. Make no mistake, we will lose something if we are not holding to our confession. Are you following that? That's a song you heard this morning. We would lose something in this life. Keep that thought right there. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Ghost is speaking here. It's wonderful in Scripture. This is a confirmation that holy men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In Psalm 95, verses 7-11, is. This is where this text is today. If you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief from departing from the living God. It's not speaking about losing salvation. What it is speaking about is losing something. It's losing our confession. See, the devil wants to keep the child of God in that desert place. For the rest of our lives, for our generation, as what happened to the nation of Israel. Are you following this? This is it. This is it here. This is our generation. No one will come back. We have one appointment. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after that, the judgment. There is no sending back. God saying, "Okay, I'm giving you a second chance." This is it. <clears throat> so there is a warning here, and I don't want us this morning to focus on the negative of that. What I want us to focus, nevertheless, we have to be aware of it. Are you following this, yeah. brethren? Beware. Lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. Unbelief is evil. What are we believing in? That we don't want to depart. We are believing, Lord Jesus, thank you, you are my Savior. But thank you, God, that my thoughts, oh Holy Spirit, help my thoughts, my heart, everything to be fixed on you, Lord Jesus. Let nothing in this world be attractive to me. Nothing whatsoever including any form of self-glory, materialism, those things. Father, who I am, Lord Jesus, it's because of who you are that you are my Savior. That's who I am. And the devil is always coming against a child of God, wanting that unbelief, How do we deal with this? Let's look at the next verse, verse 13. But exhort one another daily. Daily we have to do that all the time. Encouraging the saints because relentlessly the enemy is coming against us. It, how, what are we saying to each other as we encourage one another? Thank God for who Jesus is. Someone comes to us and says, I went through this, I'm going through this difficult storm right now. And we encourage them. We pray for them. How can I be a blessing to you? How can I reach out to you and nurture you and help you? But in the midst of that, I want to remind you as to who we are and who you are in Jesus. I want to remind you, yes, as you go through this storm, that you are owned by Jesus. That you are a son or a daughter of the Son of God. You're reminding them to remember the identity. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. That's what sin... Sin comes about because when the child of God, from the very beginning, that's what Eve did, took the eyes of God... And what God says, and God's commandment, and that's what Adam did begin to look at ourselves, at herself, and himself. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. For we have become partakers of Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end, Reflection here is on the faithfulness of Jesus. As Jesus has been faithful to his calling, when we think of Jesus and we grow and understand, oh Lord, we will stay faithful. See a child of God that is wandering away, not going to church, not serving the Lord? Open the word of God and minister Jesus in your hearts. That's what the Holy Ghost wants us to do. While it is said... Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. There is a choice involved here, isn't there? There is something here. It is volitional. We have to choose. God, Holy Spirit, help me every day to make that choice to follow Jesus. It's a choice, isn't it? Just like salvation, someone can come and say, Jesus loves you, he died for you, but you cannot make that person choose. They have to choose to say, thank you for telling me, and Lord Jesus, thank you. I repent of my sins and I accept you as my Savior. For who, having heard, rebelled, indeed, Was it not was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom? Was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned? They stayed in the wilderness for that forty years. They died there. We don't have to we're not in a wilderness. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? This walk demands obedience. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Make no mistake. Let's not confuse this. This is not about I will lose my salvation. But we, are, we will lose something. Israel did not lose Their covenant with God when God made a covenant with Abraham. God says, here is an unconditional covenant. The promise is being made to the seed. Singular, who is Christ. And not plural, you as a people. But I'll bring about my purpose, my plan of redemption. And though that generation died, God, unconditional covenant, kept his promise. So this is not about losing salvation. Are you following this? But we will lose something. Look up here for a moment. We're not in the desert. We belong to Jesus. But we can stay in that reality until we die. Are we following this? Each and every one of us have to choose. My wife cannot choose for me. I cannot choose for her. Each of us have to make that choice. Right? That's, That's the idea of choose today whom you would serve. The good news is this. When we get up in the morning and we are dealing with all these issues in our lives, don't follow the lies of the devil He comes to us and he says, look, you of your own have to straighten out all of that in order to get out of the desert. You open the word of God and you say, Satan, this salvation is by the grace of God. And as much as I could not do anything to earn it, I cannot do anything to make it grow. To make the sanctification possible. But God says, I have to focus on Jesus. And you open the Word of God and you ask the Holy Spirit to speak Jesus into your soul. You come into God's house where Christ is being glorified. You come into Sunday school, you come into Bible study. Every time God's house opens, thank you, Jesus. Because every time I go into that sanctuary, every time I go into that building, it's not about people. It's about Jesus. Christ himself said, all of scripture is to reveal Jesus. And it will never fail. The enemy will always be defeated. Christ has already taken us positionally out of the desert. Our cops, we don't have to stay in there until we face death. Are we understanding what God is saying here? Right? It's an amazing, it's a beautiful place to be. That does not mean, don't, listen, let's get this right. That does not mean we're not faced with trials and problems and difficulty. God knows we are people, as long as we are dealing with ourselves and with other people, we'll have problems. But nevertheless, Paul, while he was in prison, he says, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. I understand this because my focus is on Jesus. Every problem you face, every situation, when we yield to the truth, the word of God, and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, and then we choose to put ourselves under the authority of Scripture, our faith will be strengthened. We will never fall into unbelief. Why? Because of this glorious promise. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God. And we have to understand that from a perspective of death. Salvation comes by hearing. That is hearing the gospel. And then faith in growth, strengthening of our faith in Jesus comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. I want you to write down these these five areas, six areas here that God placed on my heart. Write them down. Remember them first. I think I already gave you the first one, but I'll slowly go with them. The more we focus on Jesus, are you following that? The more we focus on Jesus, our Savior, the more we focus on His faithfulness. Let's not miss that. See, many a times God's children say, uh, I am facing problems on my job. Let me see what Jesus did concerning my job. No, we're in on the faithfulness of Jesus. Are you following that? Are you understanding the difference? We focus on, the, on Jesus. The more we focus on him, we ourselves would be faithful, whatever we are going through. Everyone got that? Yes. Secondly, faithfulness is an act of the will. They choose in the desert. They choose to be rebellious, don't they? Make no mistake. We can choose to be rebellious. We can. It's volitional. We have to say, oh, dear God, the time that you gave me here to survive and to live until you take me home, Father Lord Jesus, I'll be faithful to you. I'll be faithful to you, Lord Jesus. In the midst of whatever storm I'm going through, I'll be faithful to you, Lord Jesus. And by the way, the minute we pray that the devil will say, Uh huh, you think it's that easy? Nevertheless, greater is He who is in us than he who is within the world. Did you get that second? The third is this. We ask the Holy Spirit. What do we do? Ask the Holy Spirit to deliver us from unbelief so we can stay faithful. Our Holy Spirit. Help me, God, not to be distracted with the cares of the world. Things that will bring unbelief in my heart so that I can stay faithful. Now remember when we pray that, you can't pray that prayer. Well, you can, but you shouldn't. Pray that prayer and absent ourselves from the Word of God. It demands the Word of God. You have to stay in the Word of God. Are you following that? We must, saints. Then we find this in the scripture. In this text, we went through. It says, Hope, verses six, firm to the end. So, what's the statement? We persevere in faithfulness until the end. We don't quit, we simply do not quit. There is no quitting for me as a pastor. And times the going gets tough. My wife can tell you I, she's here, so I, I can't make up something. <laughs> there are times I, I felt like quitting. Oh, honey, this is too much. That's okay. But oh, dear God, strengthened my husband. Holy Ghost. Not calling from God. We don't quit. That's as parents, don't quit on their children. Don't quit. Husband does not quit on his wife. We don't quit. So we are faithful to Jesus. Are we following that? Let's not get caught up in all those earthly examples I give now. We are faithful to Jesus. Whatever we do, we do it as unto whom? The The Lord. The Lord Jesus and we do not quit. We do it until the end. What number is that? That's number four, isn't it? Here is this one. Because God is in this text. We learn this, did not we? Faithfulness, faithfulness to Jesus is best. What word did I say? Best. We best experience that in God's house. Faithfulness is best experience within the church. Always in Scripture. Serving God together. It is communal. It's the body of Jesus. Going out and serving Jesus. Staying in fellowship. Oh, today the devil lied to so many people. God spoke to me and he told me don't go to church. No, he did not. Stop saying that. (laughs) He did not. He says, don't forsake yourself assembling together. I don't like the pastor. That's because there's a sin issue in your life. Is that man walking right with God? Yes. Is he teaching the word? Yes. If he's not, then get out. Don't waste time. He's teaching all kind of faulty doctrine. It's not that you don't like the man, you just don't like what he's teaching. Get out, get in a place where Christ is glorified. Very simple. Don't have to have an attitude to do that. But when you get into a church, you humble yourself and you say, Father, within the church, dear God, let me not sit. We have examples of that. We have Sister Gordon, when she came, she said it openly here. The things that she thought in the scripture. And she would speak those things, and then I would say, and then she would say, is that right? Are my thoughts right? And then I would share what the Word of God says, and she would adjust her thinking, and she would say, thank you for teaching me. But she also said, oh, dear God, however you choose to use me, she said. God choose to use. I want to be used by God. Yes. My wife can tell you when first started here, Well, actually it's way more than 31 years ago, just coming in and fellowship, having a few sermons to preach and so forth, we'll be the first at the church to open, up, to open the door until Brother Harry came. Right? Brother Harry says, Pastor, I made a promise to God. I'll be here in the church and I'll stay here for four hours a day and I will open the church every day and I will serve communion every day within the body life, faithfulness. Are you following that? Brother Harry doesn't say much, but here's what he left us. He left us an example of that faithfulness. You want to know, ask Brenda. Brenda, had to, he says, Pastor, I need help. I said, okay, I'll ask Brenda. And he says, this is how you prepare communion. No, don't fold it this way. Fold it that way. Put this first. Put that second. <laughs> what do you think he's doing? He's being faithful to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The going will get tough, saints. We do not quit on Jesus. Yeah. The child of God wants to quit. It's because the devil came in and sneaking there, as to who are you doing this onto? Are you following that? Whom are you doing this onto? It's as on to the Lord. You got that fifth one? All right, praise God. Now this one. So I'm writing this out and thought came to my mind. Said to my wife, do you think I can use the word "contagious" in a positive? You know, when we hear "contagious," especially these days of disease or spreading, and I look it up in the dictionary, and I asked my wife, "Do you think?" Because in my spirit, I felt it. Yes, this faithfulness, and she said, "Yes, you can. Yes, we can." So here's the simple one, the sixth one: faithfulness. It's contagious. Are You following this? It's contagious. Is what it is. You stay faithful in the church, it will spread. It's a beautiful. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yes. It's wonderful. You know, it would be nice if God had says to pastors, "Stay faithful," and then, ah, true. Okay, she just caught it. Faithfulness. But it's not that way. It's when the going gets tough, when the devil comes against me, when I feel the pressure of spiritual warfare, of Satan coming against me in all forms, God says you stay faithful. And that is what is contagious. It's faithfulness to Jesus. Are you following that? Faithfulness to Jesus. We all we can be faithful to anything, can we? But when we understand who we are in Jesus, we are faithful to him. It will never ever fail. Got that? It's a win-win situation. God i am serving you through this. You have problems in your home, broken home, all type of issues. You stay faithful to Jesus. Have health issues, faithful to Jesus. Problem in the pastorate? faithful to Jesus. That's what we do. Problem with a child, faithful to whom? Jesus. Problem with a grandchild, faithful to whom? Jesus. To the end, it's contagious, isn't it? It will spread. It will spread. One little word here. I'm not going to dwell too long on this. But just sufficient, and then we'll come back on the positive. The devil often, Satan often attacks the contagious aspect of faithfulness spreading in the church. When we begin to function, when I begin to think, well, I'm doing this, and I'm being faithful and I'm glancing over here at Brother Tony, and he is not being faithful. So, therefore, I'm, my focus now is not on my, on my faithfulness, but it's on him. Why isn't he? Jesus has a word for that. Martha, Martha. Are you following that? You stay faithful. Don't be looking around the whole assembly. God says, clean the toilets, clean them. Play music, play. Teach the Word, teach it. If you're going to teach it, you have to prepare it. Can't come five minutes on your way to church, start preparing it. (laughs) You spend hours before, because why? We're faithful to God. Are you following this? Then it becomes contagious. Are we following? Yes. It spreads. It spreads. Thank you, Jesus. All of this, however, all of what I just said—if you don't know Jesus as, as your Savior—it means nothing. It's just positive thinking. What what do they call those preachers that go out and preach positive message? But motivational. That's right. God never called any pastor, and he certainly didn't call me, to be a motivational speaker. He called me to say, Jesus loves us. Christ is faithful. And out of a reflection on who Jesus is and what he has done, we stay faithful to Jesus. But if you're not saved, come to Jesus. Begin your journey. Are you following that? Come to Jesus. You say, Pastor, I've never heard that in other churches. That may be so, but that's the truth. I have to love you to tell you, come to Jesus. There's nothing wrong in you liking me and loving me, but love me because I am faithful to Jesus and I am preaching Christ and Him crucified. Come to Jesus. Apart from that relationship with Jesus... None of this will apply. Are you following this? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And for those who are listening, thank you for tuning in, following us. Thank you, Jesus. Now we have an invitation. We're going to pause from the message. We're going to get back in the gospel. Amen? Amen? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Come to Jesus. Because he has been faithful. Because he provided salvation for you. Because he loves you. Jesus loves you. Just come to him. Thank you, Jesus. That's a gospel message. Don't complicate it. It's very simple to those who are hearing it. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a person. His name is Jesus. And he was faithful when he went to the cross. It's a message of love. For God so love the world. So what I'm saying to you, all those who are listening, thank you for visiting us and hearing this. Come to Jesus. Come to him. He loves you. Say, Pastor, how do I come to Jesus? Don't complicate it. God says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart, you're believing who Jesus is, that he is your Savior, God says, I'll save you. What a glorious promise. So let us pray. Let us pray to help all those who are listening all over the world. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray aloud to help them in this union. Anyone here, even in our church today, that may not be saved, this is your moment right here. Do not walk away from Jesus. Do not walk away from Him. Let's pray aloud, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus thank, you thank you for salvation. For salvation. I understand. And I, believe, and I believe and I accept you, I accept you as, my as my Savior. Thank you, Thank you. For, your death, for your death, your burial, your burial and, your and your resurrection. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, today I receive faith, by faith this salvation, this salvation that, you have given me. that you have given me. In Jesus' name. I pray believing. believing. Amen. Amen. God bless. Oh, praise God. Oh, we thank you, Jesus.